Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks, where we bring you fun content and review the latest and greatest of all TVs, movies, and more. I'm your host, Taylor Sokol, and I'm joined by my co-host and uh, partner Grime and aristocrat, Chris Dua. And today we're going to review the wonderful series of Netflix that is Bridgerton. I don't know why I just started in the accent. I can't uh, do that forever. But uh, very excited about this series. Uh, this was uh, one of the top ten on Netflix, and we thought we had to review and check out this series. And uh, I gotta say, this is definitely something I wasn't expecting uh, that I would like or enjoy, and I was pleasantly surprised. I don't know about you, Chris. Oh, yes, quite. Um, yes, I'm not one who is a huge fan of the Jane Austen type material. My mom loves Jane Austen. It's one of her favorite authors, and she loves all those things. But this was definitely something that was, it takes Jane Austen-like themes and storytelling, but then it enhanced it into kind of more of our modern-day society knowing about uh, gossip and sex and... Uh, even scheming, you know, I thought it, it had a little bit of like Game of Thrones style to it with some of these families going against each other, even within their own families. Yeah. So this is Bridgerton. It's based on the novels by Julia Quinn. And this is a Shonda Rhimes produced show. If you don't know who Shonda Rhimes is, she did Grey's Anatomy, uh, Scandal, How to Get With uh, Murder. She's done a bunch of shows. And definitely you can tell this is another one of her successful shows. But yeah, this is all, you know, it's Regency era London. It's about these families and society and how, you know, especially young women are meant to be presented to their best to be uh, wooed and, uh, you know, engaged to a man and then with the dowry process. And, you know, it's all of that kind of stuff. But it leads to this whole, I think the big kind of major plot point of this, which was exciting was, is it for society and for name or for love? And that was kind of a big theme throughout this. And then the other card is kind of, again, what was so interesting about watching this show was being reminded that like this process of matchmaking, like still exists, I think, in some parts of the world today. Like some yeah, cultures. Well, in, well, in some cultures, like religion cultures, I know, like, especially in, in some Muslim culture, um, but there mm-hmm. is arrangement. And Indian culture, they still do this. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, it's hard to believe that that's still something that's going on, but it's been something that's been going on for so long that it's very interesting to see this again and on screen. Uh, and I think it's very interesting because this show, although you know women are presented again in this era of time as property, if you know you are to be a wife, you are just to be married, have kids, and that's really how a lot of these families made their money and kept their wealth going. It was all about money and legacy that you would be married off to, and you would want to marry up, you know, oh, that's a prince, mm-hmm. or that's a, a duke, or, you know, he owns all the finest horses in the land. So it's a little bit of that. And of course, another thing that drew us, and we both agreed, episode one, we were, we were laughing hysterically, is of course, uh, throughout the series, uh, there is a fantastic narration, of course, by the wonderful Dame Julie Andrews, uh, who is amazing, and she is the voice of a our author of this columnist by Lady Whistledown, this fictitious author who has all the gossip, and she 
uh, knows what's going on. And she's kind of spilling the beans about what's happening with all these families and all the good juicy details. And of course, everyone's wondering who this person is. And there's there's this attempt to try to figure out and uncover this person. And it made for made for, made for some really funny humor, though, because, like, for example, I kept loving the fact that the queen was so obsessed with finding out who Whistledown was. Like, she is the, you know, head honcho of this country. And yet she is just as much a fan of Into the Gossip and wanting to know who who is the who is Lady Whistledown? And that's like her big obsessive theme throughout this this season. I thought was really funny because like I'm like she's the ruler of the country, but she's like who is this lady? I need to find out by yeah, any means. She's necessary. even more powerful than her because she yeah. has all the dirt. Um, she's got the dirt. Speaking of the queen, I thought this was really great. Another thing that really sets this show apart, of course, is the mixed marriages, and of course we have where usually in this society you wouldn't have um, African American. Uh, people people of color in these hierarchies of society and of course as it's kind of said it's not like something that's very like in your face about it it was simply as the queen who is african-american and the king who is white they both married and that kind of set the tone how now it led to anyone who, uh, who can have a manner of means or is able to marry into money uh, can make it and that was like i really i like that that was kind of very different when i saw the previous i was like oh this is interesting Yes, I know that was smart because it just goes to show again taking a bit of the old and the the stories we're kind of used to, but then putting a new spin on it. Especially with knowing that today that is kind of our norm now is that anyone really can have. So, and it's all about inclusivity, riches which, and, you know. and yeah, inclusivity. And uh, we have we have two great you know a couple great leads in this, but really our two main leads. Uh, we have Phoebe Denevor who plays Daphne. She's the oldest daughter of the Bridgerton family. So she's really the one being looked at to find a husband. And she she ends up kind of because of some drama in the show, she's being chased by this kind of really nasty rat-like man. I kind of I kind of made me think of he kind of reminded me reminded me of Peter Pettigrew from Yeah, Wormtail. I thought this but like thing. but like but like 20 years younger or something. Yeah, a little bit um, And she ends up she kind of starts to form this bond with uh, this great actor, his name is Reggie Jean Page, who plays Simon. He is the Duke of Hastings. Uh, he's a guy, he, he had a really terrible childhood, so he's kind of in this mindset of, I don't ever expect to marry, and I don't ever expect to have children because yeah. I don't want to pass on the name of Hastings. He's like, that will die with me. Yeah. Uh, due to some long-term issues with his father, which they definitely showcase in the show. So they kind of form this, this joking bond of, well, why don't we pretend that you're courting me mm -hmm. for an engagement so that it seems like everything's okay. And of course, what happens with like any other romance where people pretend per to be in a relationship? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll pretend to like you and then that old- They fall in love, exactly. of course they do. So that, I think there's just two really strong leads and it, it's really, it was, it was cute in a way, but also I was shocked, but it's probably very historically accurate how much- the young ladies in most of the families were not really taught the ways of what happens when you consummate a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they they're have not taught no about clue. sex, no clue at all. Like, there's no, no, there's no sex ed during this time. All the men in this show are going off and having fun with ladies, you know, there's, you know, cause of course they show the perils too, of not only the high class society, but the kind of working class and even the lower class. Uh, for example, we have, I like that they show that the the eldest brother of the Bridgerton family 
Anthony, he's kind of taken over the position of man of the household mm-hmm. as the father has passed. So he's very so overprotective he's, and he's trying to very, help yeah. matchmake. And of course, he's the best friend of Simon. So of there's, the Duke. Yeah, the Duke. Which, which mates for so I really love that kind of best friend, but then turn fake enemy. You know, it's it's yeah. it's the, the ego. My and best friend of my sister? Of, my best friend of my sister! <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Anthony's off. He's been hooking up and having this long relationship with this opera singer. But because she's not of higher class, he can never marry her. And his struggles of, I I must be the man that protects my sister and finds yeah. her the perfect match. And yet, he's not even married himself. And he's the oldest of all these. There's like nine Bridgerton family, like kids. Yeah. I was like, gosh, they had a lot of kids in this family. <laughs> Well, you kind of have to in this world. It's, you know, as many as possible. Now, across the street, we have uh, this other family, <laughs> the Featheringtons. Yes. This was like comedy gold throughout this whole series. This is the house with three daughters and definitely got some vibes of like the ugly stepsisters. I think you, you brought yeah, that up. I, I, yeah, well, you, yeah, it definitely felt like uh, Cinderella-esque with this this family. And of course... You know, they are not as favored, unfortunately, as the Bridgerton family. And so they're kind of like the second tier to the Bridgertons. And they're trying to get ahead. And, of course, they've got all their drama because the man, the the father of the house, he's, you know, swindling their money. Gambling all the time. Oh, yeah. Losing all their money. And the, But I really and love the That's a big mo- thing to marry oh, yes. is wanting the dowry. And, and, like, where's our daughter's dowries? I messed up. I don't yeah. have it anymore. This great funny dramatic scene but they've actually not adopted but their their cousin uh marissa has been brought into the house and she's the one that's like being favored by all the time by these men and she's having her own struggles but she's with child so that made for a very interesting plot line again that kind of cinderella story where the the odd and again african-american the odd one out but she's the most favored of the family yeah and the struggle between her and her mother and the mother figure who you could tell has such a desire to have this this uh, ego about her family and she wants the best and you could tell that her family's just crumbling. So we're getting all these stories and these 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 families really struggling for what is this ultimately trying to find a match. And we get all these great, you know, all, all the Jane Austen tropes of going to the balls and going to these matchmaking situations. There's always a garden scene where they're, you know, they're off and, oh. you know, there's always a great courtyard scene. They don't work. They just go to garden parties and balls and they, you know, have all this fun and frolicking and, uh, <laughs> and the, I mean, look, the, the, the visualization of the show was great too. Not only was it a great cast, uh, it's very colorful. Yeah. The costumes are gorgeous. Costumes the were, attention wow. to detail. And, uh, you know, we talked about these performances, but really top notch. And like, I, I, I don't, really get into i've not really gotten into a lot of these sappy you know very you know you're talking about the gene austin i never got into that but this one i was really like falling along I'm like yeah oh no don't don't lie to her you know you know you're getting into the the relationships and it's and quick I, it's quick pace. it is and they balance it well which is very nice the fact that there is a lot of players there's a lot of characters in there but they're all given a lot of great scenes together and it's easy to follow the storyline because it is very simple where there's really two main families and they're kind of at odds with each other, but they do a great job with balancing each one of the characters of the, each family. And I think, you know, that's very tough, especially in, you know, this kind of setting to do that, especially with a TV show format. I also like that in this show, 
there's moments where there's music, of course, you'd have a natural score, but there's actually great moments where there's music and it's all orchestration versions of pop songs from our time. Yes. And I thought that was really, again, another little clever thing to kind of bring this into more of a modern audience is you would have these musical moments. You're like, oh, I know that song. That's that pop song from today, but it's all like orchestration done like at a ball uh, or to, to, you know, overlap with a scene or something. I thought that was really clever as well. So that's what I, I felt like with Jane Austen material, typically I like, I get what's going on, but it still has all the language of like the, the olden days, if you will. This still had moments like that, but it was a lot of like, he, it was like very fast pace. And there's also a lot of great action in this. You know, there's boxing going on. We have some duels, we have horse racing. I mean, there's, there's stuff that keeps it very like, go, go, go. It wasn't so like slow, slow. And of course, we do have to talk about it. And we're not just guys. This is for everyone who watches this show. But we are. Yes, this is a steamy show. All right. This is uh this there's quite a bit of sex in this. There's more steam uh, than I thought. Like literally, I had to wipe down those windows. Like <laughs> and I was like, because we're watching it, and Chris is like, Have you watched this episode? No, I'm catching up. And I was like, Whoa, hello. And people are naked. So yeah, they're well, it's surprising for Netflix only because Netflix, I feel I keep forgetting that like because it's not on it, you know, it's not a, a TV channel. It's not CBS. And of course, HBO loves to have nudity all the time. Mm-hmm. It just was, I haven't, I can't think of a Netflix show, original show on Netflix that I've seen that's really had like a ton of nudity. Sure, there's been gore, there's been cursing, but I've really seen a lot of like nudity or sex in a show. So this was a bit like, whoa, like just, okay, they're they're going for it. Yeah. But it really, it, it all played into the story. Yeah, it wasn't gratuitous in the fact that it's like, oh, we're just going to show nudity where that, you know, because we can. But I thought it played very well. And especially with our leads, uh, their romance and what goes on with them and, and other things. I thought that was, you know, really interesting. And for even though where it's set in this this time period, it could be told at any time period of almost any, you know, it could be a modern day a story if you take out the backdrop of the arranged marriages and things like that it's pretty much you know kind of tales old as time being the beast so you know I, I think that was you know very well done very smart and i think that's why you know as guys i think we, you know we were both like wow i'm really into the show and i was really impressed i think it's a little bit something for everyone yeah that's definitely could look just from a poster or a trailer you might think oh it's a girl's show but no i think everyone can really enjoy this it's got great comedy it's got drama. It's got romance. It's got action. It's got, it's, it's just really enjoyable. So, and what's cool is I really do hope we get uh, some more of this. There's, I think like eight books that uh, Julia wrote for this. Uh, so I believe each book concentrates on other characters. So definitely this, this season was really about Daphne and Simon. I feel like in the future, if we get more of this, they definitely could continue branching out the other stories and they left off in the fi- final uh, episode. They definitely revealed some things and they, they opened it up to a second season. So without doing any spoilers here, I really do hope we get more Bridgerton because it was a really good time and I fairly enjoyed it. And I thought for uh, a, a period drama that is not usually my go-to if I'm going to go pick out something, I was pleasantly surprised with this series. You know, you are going to, you're going to find this is a you know great show to, to get into and, Definitely a binge worthy. Add this to your list and a great way to start uh, your TV shows of 2021. So check out Bridgerton now streaming on Netflix. And that was this week's Potential Pig. Oh, yes. And too blibbly. 
Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.